You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysfromcouch.com, back for another week, a little later than I planned, but um, as people are aware, there are personal issues that are going on in my life that manifest themselves very strongly on the weekend, and I've been continuing to deal with them, and... I don't know. I I think they're getting closer to a conclusion, if I'm honest. Um, so thank you all for your patience as that happens. And then also freaking McDonald's dollar drinks are done, which oh, I could have used one this morning. But it is what it is. Anyway. We have a lot to talk about in regards to the Blue Jays, so we're going to be doing that over the next three episodes that are released today, taking us through the Houston series, through the first game in Atlanta, and with some of the transactions that have been going on with the Blue Jays. And then tomorrow, we should actually have a minor league recap with Ryan Miller coming on the show to talk about MVPs. At the various levels. So that'll be good. That'll be a nice little makeup. But let's start from the beginning. I'm going to essentially do this in chronological order today. So bear with me. We're going to travel back in time. Back to a point before the Blue Chase got no hit again. Because we'll be talking about that later on today. So let's start with the Friday game against Houston, that 7-4 loss, because there are a couple things obviously we need to talk about there. One of them being Trent Thornton posting another Aaron Sanchez-like start. And I don't mean 2016 Aaron Sanchez in that regard. Trent Thornton looked like he was cruising, you know, to another solid start against his former team. He had outlasted Wade Miley. He he was doing very well. He was he had a seven pitch first inning, which is great. But the top of the fifth just everything came undone on him. Uh, it started with the error to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and we will be talking about Vladdy in the second half of this podcast because Vladdy did a lot in that game. And it wasn't all good. So anyway, that puts Yuli Gurriel on. And Thornton wasn't able to really deal with it. You could see he was already starting to get gas. The way he was coming at some of these batters. And this this time through the lineup, the Astros were just all over him. That third time just kills Trent Thornton and you saw that with Springer getting that three-run home run that really put the nail in the coffin 
when it came to this game because there, there was little faith that the Blue Jays were going to be able to come back from that, even with the home runs flying out the way they did. But it's just another instance of Thornton not having the stamina necessary to be able to give the Blue Jays what they need. He got through that fifth inning eventually. But again, the damage was done and you had Jason Adam coming in there and just not being anywhere near effective. As we said before, he had an 096 ERA at the start of that week. He was 476 after that Houston appearance. And when it comes to evaluating who who's going to be in that Blue Jays rotation, you would think Trent Thornton would have an incumbency advantage given he's made the most starts for this team this season. But it doesn't matter when you're pitching for a team that's already eliminated from the playoffs before Labor Day is over. And it's looking increasingly likely that Trent Thornton is not going to be a factor in that rotation once the actual good players come up. It's looking more and more like Trent Thornton's more of a sixth option for a team or or a seventh option, which is fine. You do need those in the organization, and Trent Thornton comes with two more years of optionability. So that's a nice thing to have just in the back pocket, but it's it's looking more and more like like Thornton is that Sam Gaviglio type who once batters get familiar with what he actually has, they can start sitting on stuff and start waiting on it and then just just torch him in the mid game. And obviously that's not good con- considering you you don't know when you're going to get four home runs. All solos, which again, it's great but it's not as damaging as that three run shot that Springer had like that. That was, that was a death blow to this team, but Thornton's inability to counter that and, and limit the damage when he gets into that kind of funk is why he probably will start next season in Buffalo. Honestly, especially with the news coming out that, you know, Anthony Kay's coming up, TJ Zoig's coming up. With those two guys coming in and you you factor everyone everyone else who the Blue Jays could potentially have in their in their rotation uh options next year. There's just not going to be a place for a guy who bottoms out after the 5th inning. So what that told me is Trent Thornton is just placeholding. It's it's what we all thought at the start of the season. Trent Thornton, supposed to be the guy who started in AAA, was the first call up if things were going wrong. And things just went wrong way too quickly. And that's why he's going to start 30 games for this team this season. And that's that's why the Blue Jays are where they're where they're at right now. So... I, I hope Trent learns a lot from this and, you know, if we see him in 2020, that's probably not a good sign, but, you know, always good to have the depth, I guess. We will be talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right after this break 
which this break is brought to you by bluechew.com in the the last one that they got from last week but hey special delayed reaction which you don't have to worry about on bluechew.com that's blue like the color blue it it brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know it's going to work when you need it to there's no delay with blue chew you can take them anytime day or night even if you've just eaten a massive meal it's chewable so it's going to work twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises so blue chew is prescribed online it ships straight to your door in a discreet package so there's no visiting the doctor asking for it there's no waiting in line at the pharmacy there's no awkwardness involved which is always good to avoid they're made in the usa and since blue chew prepares and ships directly to your door it's actually cheaper than a pharmacy and right now if you visit bluechew.com you get your first shipment for free when you use the special promo code MLB, you just pay the $5 in shipping. So again, that's bluechew.com. It's blue as in blue jays. Promo code MLB. You get to try it for free. It's a better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank Bluechew for sponsoring the podcast. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So the other notable thing about Friday's game was the first career ejection for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And congrats to him. He's got a long way to go to catch up with John Gibbons. But no, Vladdy was arguing a called second strike during his at-bat in the sixth... uh, No, sorry, it was the seventh inning when he got into it. And yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't there. Um Mike Estbrook just like tossed him and Estabrook's not got a great reputation amongst umpires, but I'm actually really happy that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did that because I don't know if we've noticed this, but a lot of pitchers are getting calls on the outside against a lot of the younger Blue Jays hitters. And that's part of a product of the game. It's it's why strikeouts are as high as they are, because batters are swinging. And a lot of times the pitchers are getting that black call on the outside. And... Vladdy obviously was not having any of it, and no offense to Mike Estabrook, but I trust the 20-year-old's eye. You know, the again, he's the guy who swings at balls on, at his shoelaces if he thinks he can get it out. And if he's not swinging at something, it's probably a sign it's not anywhere close, not as close as you think. But... I'm I'm actually happy that he did that and I'm happy he did get tossed cuz again because of that I I think the Blue Jays do get a little bit of respect for what he did. I'm 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 definitely not the one who's going to be like uh that he should should have respect and 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 he should 
you should be be all right and whatever. No, no, umpires suck. I'm sorry. Be better. Be better at your job. Like I, you know, the the umpire lives in a strange world where when they do a good job, they don't get any credit, but when they do a bad job, everyone sees it. But I I think what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did was actually important in the grand scheme of things. Like it does get umpires to think about it a little more because like this isn't like you know the umpires rolling their eyes at like Jose Bautista chirping every call or or Josh Donaldson chirping every call when when fans thought for sure that the umpires were against them. This this is a kid who's highly regarded who has one of the best batting eyes in the majors, has a dad with one of the best batting eyes in the majors. And if he's going up there and standing up for his teammates by doing that, you know, getting getting that strike zone uh, shortened a bit for Kevin Biggio, getting it shortened for Bo Bichette, it it speaks well to what, the Blue Jays are trying to build that that fighting for each other mentality, that that going to bat for each other mentality, and and not taking just the standard bull off these umpires. Which again, we've seen a lot during the season. How many times have we seen Bobichet just shaking his head as he walks back to the dugout after a strikeout? It's it's nice to see that kind of fight. And I want to see that fight. Like, this is the dog days of a lost season. And we've got Vlad Guerrero Jr. out there being like, no, no, this is wrong. Screw you. Just not having it. And the fact that that fight is still there, that that willingness to go to bat, is, again, it's, it's promising for the team. And... I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if we saw more of it before the season's done. Maybe not from Flab specifically, but from other members of this team. Just just kind of just saying enough. So that that's my thought. I, I definitely wasn't, again, in the in the whole like I, I saw some people just just going entirely the wrong way with that. And it it's gross i'm not going to talk about it here because we are near the end of this episode so we're going to wrap it up here we've reached our 15 minutes so this is the first of three coming today on tuesday just a reminder if you want to make sure you don't miss any of these episodes subscribe to the podcast on spotify stitcher himalaya google Podcasts, apple Podcasts. however you get podcasts make sure you subscribe to locked on blue jays so you don't miss an episode uh, follow the podcast on twitter instagram facebook however you can find it on social media and make sure you're following me on twitter at a underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is stupid. And I know I wasn't very active this weekend. Again, I apologize. We'll we'll try and fix that. I'll definitely be active for tonight's game, at least in the opening bit. So look forward to seeing you on there. But until then, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, 
I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.